This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Did they get did they get the ball back? Did they recover that? I, didn't I believe see the Buccaneers recovered sure. a muffed fumble. So the Eagles stopped the Bucs from scoring. And then immediately the Bucks punted to the Eagles, and then the Eagles fumbled the punt, and I'm pretty sure Tampa Bay recovered the punt. Two Stop, versus yeah. seven. Hashtag need it. Starting to feel like this is not going to be the Eagles' year. But you know what? They have three first-round picks yeah. next year in the middle of the round when all of the superstars go. And they've got a hell of a Actually, wide receiver that's in not Devonta true. Smith. They might be able to get a quarterback. Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett. Maybe we'll bring in Jay Binkley for some NFL draft talk. What do you think know. about that? I mean, we'll just hash this out on air. Binkley, mock Wait. draft season. Yeah, Carrington Harrison's going to join us coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. Hopefully, you know, I uh, I was watching KU last night. KU basketball taking down uh, West Virginia. Bill Self said a bad word. Did you see this? Bill I Self? did. Yeah, he said the f word. Are you surprised I, I guess, by that? Bill I guess cusses every game. Yeah, I guess we're just saying the f word in public now. I would too if I had to put Mitch Lightfoot out there. Half What's the game. happening with society? How cool do you think Mitch Lightfoot thinks he is on campus? Well, Scale of one to ten. I'm sure he 13? is pretty cool on campus. Can't be. He is a Kansas basketball player. Must be nice. What? Like that's so annoying. Sorry. You walk in and you say, hey, I'm 6'10". What's your name? All right. Let's get out of here. Well, my buddy did That's say annoying was, to you. Just jealous. because, like, Mitch, I'm not jealous at all whatsoever. You're not jealous of being able to have that power? No. Because I can say I work for 6'10". Let's get out of here. And that same, same effect? Uh, I, I mean, I don't, any, I don't, I don't anymore because I don't need to. That but like, I, and by the way, I, I, I've, never, I've never done that before in my life. Although I, I did run into a guy one time that knew my voice, and he asked me, and I was like, okay, this is nice. That's the only time. I think you should you should have, like, a, a howl that you do. No, Binkley has it for... Do the dirty werewolf howl. No, nah, Binkley Every has time it. you come on air. The reason I brought up the KU game last night is because there is a college basketball parallel that I think can be drawn yeah. from this game. I covered a lot of KU games. I covered a lot of NCAA tournament games, and it's always KU, the one seed, going up against, like, Holy Cross... Or Niagara State. I don't know if that's a real school. I think Niagara is a real one. Or, you know, South Dakota State, whatever. Bucknell. And you'd go to these press conferences during March Madness, and you'd Bradley. hear from the coaches, and you hear from the players, and you'd say, yeah, you know, uh, they're, you know, they're a really good team. I know nobody's given us a chance. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we're the one, we, we, got, we got no pressure on us, right. right? We can just go out there and 
and play. The pressure's on them. All right, we're going to be playing free and easy. We're, it's an honor just to be here. Right. I'm getting a lot of those vibes for tonight's game. And they suck because, one, <laughs> they do. Like, because, one, they never work. Like, nobody likes the, the sob story of – Hey, we know who we're playing. Like the jersey, the names on the front of the jersey. It's like when you get, it's like every like Disney movie that's about an underdog when they come in and play the big bad powerhouse. And it's like, hey, no one's giving you a chance out there. Well, there's a reason that nobody's giving you a chance out there. And that's because the Chiefs are just that much better than you. Like it, it again, if this game, if you could have taken the, the 2021 Chiefs and play the 2017 Raider or Raiders Steelers, this game would be a lot better. This would be like an AFC championship game, but it's not. You can't take a team in college basketball in the first round and expect them to have any sort of chance against a team like Kansas. There's a reason why in the first round of the NCAA tournament, when Kansas plays a team like, I don't know, it's like you mentioned, Holy Cross or, you know, Benedictine Alvarine state or something like that. And the spread is 27 and a half. There's a reason why that spread is that way. That's because Vegas and professionals know that one team is astronomically better than the other. And in this case, the chiefs are just that much better than Pittsburgh. So what does Pittsburgh have to do? They can't go up there and honestly say, I think we got a chance. I think we can beat that team because they know they can't. You know what this game reminds me of a few years ago, maybe more than a few years ago, there was a game in which the Chiefs made the playoffs and they had to go play Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis was the two seed, but they had to go play Indianapolis in Indianapolis. And the only reason they got in is because I think San Francisco beat Denver on like a last minute field goal. And then there was another game in which this team lost. And so the team that slipped in was the Chiefs and like the Herm Edwards Chiefs that had Larry Johnson as their running back. They went and played in Indianapolis and got the bricks beaten off of them absolutely just the Chiefs look disheveled. They looked like they didn't belong. And I think that's what we're going to see tonight. Now, my problem is it's hard for me to take a team that's a 12 and a half point favorite in the playoffs just because I think everything is sped up. Everything is a little bit more tense. I think the Chiefs are prepared. I think the Chiefs have been prepared for a while ever since Jacksonville beat uh, Indianapolis in that uh, last game of the season. I think Andy Reid probably had videotape. He's gone back to what worked last time because the Chiefs actually had a somewhat healthy defense in that game against the Steelers. Now, the other reason why I think that you can compare KU and the Chiefs in this situation is that Andy Reid and Mahomes have always been a one or a two seed. So they're in familiar territory. The Pittsburgh Steelers are in unfamiliar territory. They're never been, they never really have been this significant of an underdog. So they have to go into the scrapbook of what do underdogs do for dummies or something like that and come out and say, you know what? You're right. We don't have a chance. We've seen the line in Vegas. We're not supposed to win this game. But you know what we can do? We can go out there and just chuck it up. Now, sometimes that makes you a little bit nervous because those 16 teams, 16 seated teams come out. They get on a little bit of a run. They get a little bit of belief. And then all of a sudden, here we go. But and you it's know like, what happens, hold on. Though, Dusty? And then at the end of the game, you see the final score and you're like, okay, 43 to 10. And again, Texan, I don't know if they were a two C, but I know that we played the Colts, maybe a four C that year. And they got the, they got the bricks beat. Yeah, and here in like in college basketball, there's 356 teams in the country. Okay. And so you're facing these teams that are playing in a conference where you have no common opponents. They're playing teams that are built completely different from you all year long. What always leads to upsets in college hoops is when one team, this team that won their conference 
They their their tallest dude is six foot eight. So they got five guys on the court who can shoot. You're you're more athletic. Yeah. You have you have bigger more size. You can kill them inside, but they have five dudes who pass the ball well. They just do like and that doesn't necessarily have to be it. It's just always one niche, one thing that you do really well. And conversely, the one seed is going up against the style of play they haven't had to face all season long. Right. That's where those mismatches and those weird sort of advantages that one tiny advantage can be exploited. Then all of a sudden nerves play a factor. Then all of a sudden you're in your head. Okay. Now I'm thinking too much. Now I'm not playing. The reason why that doesn't apply to this game is because the Steelers don't have one of those advantages. There is nothing unique about what the Steelers do. Right. And the only thing, if you want to really search for something is just to say, well, they have T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay, those are great individual players, but again, schematically, what do the Steelers do that you're worried about the Chiefs having to deal with? Yeah, Offensively, like just in terms of passing offense, like, and you can look at some of the advanced analytics, but like one I like to go off of is EPA, success rate, things like that. These are the teams that over the course of the season had less success throwing the ball than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay? Yeah. Carolina... The New York Giants, the New York Jets, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Bears. Think about that. That's Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, Davis Mills, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Big Ben's next in line. So whatever we want to talk about, oh, well, he's got the playoff experience. He's been here before. It's his last hurrah. We got 18 weeks of data to go off of Mm. that suggests this guy isn't all of a sudden magically going to flip a switch and become the guy that he was five, six years ago when he was still capable of throwing for 350, 400, 500 yards. He is not that guy anymore. I don't care who, who his receivers are. I don't care the implications, legacy talk, no pressure, go out there, play in free and easy. Congratulations. Yep. That may that may work if you're facing off against the Tennessee Titans or the Baltimore Ravens. You're going up against the Chiefs yeah. in Arrowhead. All of that stuff just doesn't ring true. And I would say the other two times that that works is in any sport besides football. Football's a sport in which when it's over, it's over. Like, we noticed it was over for Drew Brees. The shoulder wasn't there anymore. We knew it was over for Peyton Manning because, again, the shoulder wasn't there anymore. Tom Brady... Now, by the way, 24-0 against Philadelphia. Gronkowski just scores for those of you that Benjamin, have. He's Benjamin Button, so, like, yeah. so he'll like, be better next year, too. Any of you that had Gronkowski in this, I forget who has Gronk in the 6'10 thing. I think it's Fesco. Has it, it is. It is. Yeah, so Fesco's got one. But the thing about Roethlisberger is in football, you don't have that surprise old man like Chet Stedman from Rookie of the Year. Like <laughs> You don't have that had to that you can find in baseball. Whereas like in baseball, a guy can kind of like pick himself up for four or five innings and hit the outside edge and just kind of have that zip to his fastball. Or as in golf, for instance, Tom Watson, when he made a run at the major for the final time, like he was just striking his irons hot. Like he was able to hit good golf shots in good moments. So he had a chance to win when it comes to football. It's too physical. It's too tough. Ben Roethlisberger can't throw the ball down. And the Chiefs have too many advantages. Right. And And it would have to be a perfect storm, a one in a million where Mahomes throws like three picks. The Steelers have for a touchdown. Yeah. The Steelers have like a special teams or defensive touchdown. TJ Watt has like three or four sacks. Yeah. And then even beyond that, it would have to be a game offensively where the Steelers just break seven tackles. Yeah. Which I mean, 
One of those things could happen. Sure. But TJ the idea Watt that have a sack strip fumble and a touchdown, the idea that all four of those things, all of which would be necessary for the Steelers to pull off an upset happening in the same game seems very far fetched to me. And if that does happen, that's one of those things where uh, it just, it wasn't going to happen for you in this, in this situation, which I don't think that would happen. That's why the line is what it is because it represents if the chiefs are going to win, they're going to win by 12 and a half or more. Pittsburgh doesn't necessarily have a chance and by the way, to give reference, it was 07 when the Chiefs slipped into the playoffs. A Herm Edwards-led Chiefs team against the Colts, who were a four seed in a loaded AFC that year, as Indianapolis was the four seed that year. Something that has sort of faded away across the course of the week. I was a little worried on Monday about Tyreek Hill's heel with the way that he looked against Denver. And I think myself and the rest of Kansas City was shouting at their television screens, get him off the field, right? I don't right. need to see any more of this guy. Rest him. Make sure he's good to go. Sounds like he's good to go. Has all worried about his status for today's game and the rest of the playoffs? Has that just completely evaporated? Let's ask Carrington Harrison. He's the host of The Drive, 610 Sports Radio. He's going to join us coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back in 610 Sports Radio, Nick Schwartz, Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson, on a playoff Sunday, wild card weekend, frenzy, fun Sunday. That's my favorite one so far. There we go. We've had six of them. Uh, joining us now, uh, the host of The Drive, Carrington Harrison, as he is, uh, I'm sure, turned the game off that was on between Philadelphia and Tampa Bay because it is just an utter disappointment and embarrassment. Carrington, uh, football does it once again. They've got us uh, They've got us duped, man. We just, No matter what, we just watch football no matter what if it's on. Dusty, you know what, man? I have a great appreciation that you've been around me enough to know what I'm doing because the moment that game <laughs> lacked competitiveness, I said to myself, it's time to get up and get something to eat. That's you know, right. It's time for me to, you know, de-ice the car, warm it up a little bit, go grab myself a Chipotle burrito and get ready for the second playoff game and into the night to watch the Chiefs because – there's no way I was going to sit down and watch all four quarters of the game that's on right now. I mean, no I, this I hour have, of this show is brought to you by Chipotle, apparently. It must be. What's the, <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the Chipotle order today? I get the same thing every time. I am a chicken burrito bowl person. Yep. Rice. you got to get extra rice, though, because they be trying to skimp you on the they rice. They do do that with the rice. You get the extra rice. 
fajitas, veggies, sour cream, cheese, medium salsa, lettuce. Thank you. Okay. Um, it is now uh, 31-0. Mike Evans somersaults him to the end zone. <laughs> Carrington, That's what I needed. I, I needed. There you go. <laughs> I'm here for you. That's what I'm here for. He just somersaulted in, threw it to his lineman and do a spike. A game, game's over. Philadelphia's washed, run amok, game, set, match. What I will ask you this, is this how you see tonight's Steelers-Chiefs going? And is, to follow that up, is this what we're going to get moving forward when two and seven teams play each other? I mean, it, it, it's kind of hard to say because last year, the first two seven game was Buffalo and Indianapolis. You remember that game was actually pretty good. Yeah. And then now we've seen two consecutive two seven blowouts. So last year, the Saints and the Bears played each other in the two seven, and then this is the two seven. So I think the odds and probability tell you that this game tonight is probably going to be a blowout. But it's also the NFL where I wouldn't be surprised if that game's close into the third quarter. But I gave this stat on the show. Heading into this year's playoffs, there had been 110 playoff games in the last 10 years. 11 of those games have had double-digit underdogs. Only one of those teams have won outright. Only two of those teams have covered. So if you're that big of a dog in this stage of the playoffs, you don't win. You're not competitive. The other team is just clearly better than you are, and that's certainly a case tonight as we get ready for Sunday night football. Carrington, something that we talked a lot about or talked some about early in the week, Tyreek Hill, the heel injury, whatever it was before the game on Sunday or Saturday, I guess it was, uh, practiced all week. Sounds like he's going to be a full go. Is there any lingering concern about him and his health heading into this game? don't have any um i mean i think from an injury standpoint the chiefs are about as healthy as you can be heading into their 18th game of the season i mean you're telling me the only major injury at this point is who we would consider to be the chief backup running back in Clyde edwards helaire like that's a good spot to be in all of your key guys that you started this season with are all going to be available for their first playoff game i don't really know if you can ask for a better scenario than that do you think that this game can be beneficial for the Chiefs because they can kind of get that one step ahead into the playoff picture? Because I know that obviously a bye week would be more beneficial for rest, but again, you can sometimes see those one seeds. Like Tennessee's playing Cincinnati next week. I don't know how beneficial that is for Tennessee to get a bye week and have to face Tennessee and face Cincinnati next week. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but, I mean, it's also the second round of the playoffs. Like, you're going to play a good team. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be at a point where you're going to be able to avoid the other good teams in the National Football League. So, I would just say that's kind of par for the course. I mean, I would say today only negatives can really happen just because of injuries and those things. Mm -hmm. Like, most people are picking Kansas City to win. That it would take in any given Sunday the perfect storm, the perfect scenario – in order to see an upset happen in this game. So this is a game that your number one priority is, hey, we got bigger fish to fry. We're going to play Buffalo next week if we win this game. Let's just try to get through this game. Let's get everybody healthy, and let's get ready to play our toughest test so far of the season. That has to be at least not their mindset, because I understand like you're focused on this one game, but that's kind of what I'm looking at. Let's, let's make easy work of the Steelers, and let's coast, and let's get ready to play Buffalo next week. 
See that it's been a, a season of ebbs and flows for this Chiefs defense. First six weeks, they were trending towards being one of the worst defenses the in NFL history. Been for about a two month span, they looked like a top five unit in the league. These last two weeks, though, been a little shaky, a little bit of regression, which I guess is to be expected. What are your expectations for the Chiefs defensively now entering the postseason? I mean, I think you got to really kind of separate it into two things. It's either getting ready to play the Steelers or getting ready to play another team like Buffalo. Like Buffalo had one of the best offensive days in the history of the National Football League. I saw one thing. I might miss a couple of the details, but it was no punts, no field goals, no turnovers, no turnovers, no turnovers on down for the first time in NFL history. It's like you just can't play better than Buffalo played last night against the New England Patriots. But in this game against Pittsburgh, I just – Pittsburgh doesn't have the kind of offense that gives the Chiefs problems. If you look at the teams that have given Kansas City some fits defensively, it's been teams that either have a quarterback that can move a little bit like Drew Lock can, or it's a team that can push the ball down the field. Cincinnati gave them problems. Los Angeles gave them problems. Buffalo gave them problems. So it's teams like that. That's just not really what Pittsburgh is. We've been talking about this a lot on my show. What's the highest number of points you can see Pittsburgh's offense scoring today? I can't really see them score more than 17 points. Yeah, 17, 20. But Mike, but my thing with the defense is you're right. I think when I'm talking about the defense, I've sort of skimmed past this game and I move on to just the postseason as a whole because I'm to the point now where I know that the Chiefs aren't a top five defense in the NFL. I think they are a middle of the pack squad, which can be good enough to win a Super Bowl. But the one caveat I have is that the stars that you have on defense, they have to play like stars in the postseason. Like Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, and as weird as it sounds, like I include Frank Clark in this conversation simply because he has been so productive in the postseason across the course of his career. Fifth all-time in playoff sets. It's a ridiculous number. Those three guys, I feel like, have to be stars in the postseason if the Chiefs are going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, this is the time where your big dog got to be your big dogs. You know what I mean? Like, you got to this point because of the greatness of Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey because your defense. You know, I mean, we can say, like, we don't think they're a top-five defense. I mean, they So after the game against the Titans, they were ranked 27th in scoring defense. They finished the season in eight. So, I mean, we've seen a pretty drastic turnaround. Now, I agree with you, Nick, in like the premise. Their defense is probably the, – the numbers are probably overinflated. But to your point, if their offense continues to do what they've done the last four or five games and they're an offense that can put up 27 or more points, you don't need to have the eighth-best defense. You need, like, the 14th best defense in the National Football League. So that that's where I think we are right now with the Kansas City Chiefs. And looking forward, you just need to be able to hold teams under under 24 points. And if you can do that consistently on defense, you should be fine. Carrington, before we get you out of here, for the thousands of people listening, what's your prediction to tonight's game? I got Kansas City winning this game 31-17. to I think we've seen that in these kind of scenarios, Kansas City's offense is going to score, and you have to be able to play catch-up or keep up with their pace and momentum. And I don't think that Pittsburgh is an offense to do this. I wouldn't be surprised to see this game close after halftime just because it's the NFL and weird, fluky things happen. But it's just hard for me to see Pittsburgh be 
able to keep up with Kansas City over a full 60 minutes unless Kansas City completely implodes. That's Carrington Harrison of the Drive. You can listen to him Monday through Friday, two to six. And Mondays, he's got Mitchell. Or I'm sorry, Mondays, he has Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, in on the line, 4 p.m. Carrington, enjoy the game. Have a good, fun, safe night, and stay warm, man. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Carrington Harrison of the Drive. We come back, and what you talk about what we just talked about with Carrington, why the Chiefs' defensive stars need to be stars. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. With Dusty Likens, I am Nick Schwert, Grant Nicholson. You're listening to the Super Wild Card Weekend Wacky Extravaganza Extraordinaire. Is that it? Playoff edition. Playoff edition. Sunday show. Sunday show. Yeah, Sunday. That's right. It is. The Lord's Day, Uh as some would call it. 31-0, Bucks over Philly. One of my favorite moments of the under, I would say one of my more underrated moments of the Mahomes-Reed era in Kansas City. After the Chiefs had won the AFC title game two years ago, Frank Clark walking around the field with his AFC champs hat on in this giant fur coat. You remember this? Yeah. Was it mink? Mink coat. And he posted a picture to Instagram and it said, the caption was, I'd probably be dead if I was basic. Mm -hmm. Which I echo that same sentiment. I feel like I would be dead if I were basic. I think you, Dusty, would be dead if you were basic, oh, it's, yeah. it's been a rather basic season for Frank Clark this year. I think the addition of Melvin Ingram actually was the best thing to happen to Frank Clark, not from a production standpoint, just from a, he's so good, Chris Jones is still doing his thing, so we don't really have to pay any attention to what the guy on the other side has done. And it's not like Frank Clark was a liability and did nothing this year, it's just for a guy making just south of $27 million, probably would have liked to see a little bit more production from him, but sure. that's neither here nor there. What Frank Clark, where he's made his money for the Chiefs, has been in the postseason, particularly the Super Bowl run two years ago. I saw this stat floating around on Twitter on Friday. It blew my mind. 11 career postseason sacks for Frank Clark. That is fifth 
in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't count sacks until, I think, 1982, but you look at the names that are ahead of him. Uh, uh, Willie McGinnis, Reggie White, um, Terrell Suggs, like Hall of Famers, some of the all-time greats. I don't think Frank Clark needs to worry about getting fitted for a gold jacket anytime soon. But in terms of his Kansas City legacy... Well, and that'd be basic. Yeah, that would be basic because he doesn't need... He'd say, I'll get fitted for a jacket, but it needs to be mink. Just Mm -hmm. can you guys pull some strings and and give me something a little special here? Mm -hmm. It's been a weird legacy for, for Frank Clark because he hasn't been very productive in the regular season. There's been the the off-the-field stuff. But he gets paid like a star. And when the games have mattered most, he's performed like a star. This isn't specific to Frank Clark. But I focus on him because the other stars on the defense, Chris Jones, I'm not worried about Chris Jones. We can point to the fact that he has zero postseason sacks in his career. I I think that will change this post because he's healthy. And he hasn't been for most of the Chiefs' postseason runs. Tyron Matthew, he's a leader on that defense. Interception numbers are a bit down this year. I don't question his play or his performance. But those guys, who, by the way, are three of the five highest played, highest paid players on the Chiefs roster, uh-huh. they have to play like stars this postseason. We can talk about the defense as a whole. There have been a, a lot of nice stories. Rashad Fenton has been a bit of a surprise. Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, Melvin Ingram, all of those guys have, I think, played better than maybe we expected them to during the regular season. There were ebbs and flows with the Chiefs defense. We've seen legitimate regression the last two weeks. Is it a sign of things to come in the postseason? I don't know. What I do know, Dusty, this team is not getting to a Super Bowl. They are not winning a Super Bowl unless those three guys, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, and yes, Frank Clark, play like stars in the postseason. I think we always kind of miss the, I guess, the narrative on Frank Clark, and that is, because of the contract and the money that he makes and that he is owed and that is very uh it's a very big number. I I'm not going to lie to you it is a it is a solid number that hangs on the on the Tw- bank account. 25.8 mil is his cap at this year. I believe that 70% of the Chiefs cap is on the defense. So that's why they get to have that's why they have to wear the the medal of if it doesn't work and it's the defense's fault, there's reasons to believe that there's issues there. But I will say this. Chris Jones has missed a few playoff games due to injury, so that's why the maybe the sack number isn't there. I think we'll see Chris Jones' first sack. I think we'll see Chris Jones' first two sacks today in this game against the Steelers. I think there's two sides of this uh, debate here. I think one is you're absolutely 100% right that in order for this team to continue to move itself forward into the playoffs, their stars have to be stars. Now, they don't have to have strip sacks, interceptions, six, you know, pick sixes, in order to get to the Super Bowl. It's like we just talked to Carrington Harrison of the drive a little bit ago that they just need to be a top 15 defense. Now, you don't need to be a number one scoring defense. You don't need to be the number one pressure defense. You don't have to have three all pros on your defense. You just have to have a unit that's able to play together and make plays when they need to make plays. Like today, you're going to play, which segues into the next part of this this conversation is, today you're going to play a team that should definitely be able to be dominated by your defense. You should see Chris Jones obliterate that offensive line that is not good. You should see Frank Clark be able to get around the edge against their left tackle who is not good, an up-and-coming left tackle. You should be able to see Tyron Matthew pressure and play up because if they're going to beat you deep, 
that's a gamble you're willing to take because you know that Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have that in the bag anymore. If they're going to beat you deep, that's one of those things that's going to happen once out of every 17 throws that Ben Roethlisberger throws because we know how the Pittsburgh Steelers offense runs. They're going to run hitches. They're going to run inside plays. They're going to do these things. And don't sleep on Willie Gay today. I think Willie Gay is going to allow a lot of pressure and take a lot away from what we could see in Najee Harris. But to go back to the original point of the argument, which is the Chiefs stars need to be stars in today's game, and that is Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew. This game suits a game for them to not only be stars, but to kind of bode that confidence moving forward. Because like we had talked about earlier, the competition is only going to get better as the playoffs extend. And when you play Buffalo next week, you're going to play a quarterback that is, without a doubt, the 100% most opposite of what you're playing this week. Mobile, quick, strong, powerful arm. None of that is described for Ben Roethlisberger. So when you play a team like Pittsburgh, this can get the juices flowing. This can get the hype train a little bit more speed behind it when you move into next week if you, in fact, get get past this week. That can then make your defensive stars play better. And one thing that we've seen is that when the playoffs become real and the playoff games become played, Frank Clark gets better, Tyron Matthew gets better, and that makes this defensive unit better, whether that is LeJarius Sneed, whether that is Mike Hughes, whether that is Willie Gay, whether that is Nick Bolton. And here's another thing. If your stars are going to be stars, we got to start putting Nick Bolton in that category. Now, he's not paid like the other no, stars. No, you so can't that, do that yet. So that takes away the narrative. But Nick Bolton is a star on this defense, whether you believe it but, or not. But let, me, but let me frame it in a different way then. Because as good as so many of those guys have been, if I told you, hey, if I were just telling you today, hey, I, I, my Chris, I just looked in the crystal ball. Here's what's going to happen. Like, there's going to be some plays where Nick Bolton kind of gets exposed. Like, he's sure. a rookie. He's going to be in the wrong spot, whatever. Same thing with Rashad Fenton, Charverius Ward. Hey, there's going to be a play or two where those guys get beat. Uh, they rode something wrong. They were in the wrong position. If I told you any of that, you would say, well, I guess I could sort of see that. Yeah. And it's the playoffs. So, like, some things like that are going to happen. The Chiefs aren't just going to be aces throughout. Like, there are going to be guys who have had good seasons who are going to have moments where they look a little out of place yeah. or the moment gets too big for them. That's why... I'm putting the pressure on the stars because those are the guys. If Tyra Matthew gets beat, it's like, hey, bro, like you're the second highest paid player on this team. You're asking for a max extension. Like you want to be the highest paid safety in the NFL. You're making 19-7 this year in a contract year in the postseason. You're the leader of this defense. Like there's no excuses for those guys. Sure. Like, and I don't, and not that I expect that to happen, but like if we are trying to go into this playoff with the mindset of what we need to see versus what would be nice. It would be nice if Nick Bolton over a three or four game span established that. Yup. This dude's built like that. Yeah. It would be nice if we saw that from Rashad Fenton or Willie Gay or Charvarius Ward, and it very well could happen. So, but with those three, like it has to happen. Non-negotiables. So my, my question then that follows that up is does Melvin Ingram fit in that category of stars need to be stars? Because he's a veteran. He's not making the money those other guys are making, but he's in a contract year. He's trying to get an extension somewhere. He's trying to get paid somewhere. There's a good chance he could be brought back here if things go right. But again, where does where does Melvin Ingram fit in that situation? Because what we've seen is we've never really expected much from Melvin Ingram because he's always brought it early and often. Or in last week's case scenario, he basically won the game for you with the big hit on Melvin Gordon and then the fumble and then... Nick Bolton picks it up and takes it to the house. So what I would say with Melvin Ingram is 
where does he fit in that category? Is he in the stars need to be stars? Because this is one of those games where it's like, we've never really had to worry about Melvin Ingram, but now it's time where the lights are a little bit brighter and the situation is a little bit stronger. Where's Melvin Ingram fit in the you know, stars? It's interesting. Stars? It's interesting because I never expected to get any of this from him. So every time he does something like the play he makes where he you know, forces the fumble for Bolton to return for a touchdown, every time he does something, I feel like I'm playing with house money. Sure. I'm just like, well... I didn't know what to expect from you, so you have far exceeded my expectations. Um, he's been some money, though, too. Like, And he's not being asked to be a huge sure. production guy. It's just be a disruptor. Make two plays. Make a play, disrupt things that open up opportunities for other guys, for guys like Chris Jones to get home and get a sack. Jaron sure. Reed's been way more productive since uh, Melvin Ingram came in. So... I don't know if I would necessarily put him in that category. To me, he's more of a, and I hate to use this cliche, but like he's more of a glue guy for the defense. I know you're going to make plays. You're going to make the dirty work. You're not always going to be the one getting home and actually bringing the quarterback down, but you're making life easier on everybody else. I like the defense's matchup tonight. Another matchup that we like tonight and a matchup that we've liked for a long time in the playoffs that maybe we forget about how good they are. Travis Kelsey. Why? We explain next. Back in 610 Sports Radio, Nick Schwartz, Grant Nicholson, Dusty Likens. It is playoff edition Sunday afternoon, Chiefs playoff wild card weekend frenzy show. Jay Southland, Toe Service, text line 913-576-7610 from the 620. Ben's taking all the PEDs today. Only thing that worries me. Um, Which PEDs? Cialis, I think, is is where he's at. Generic uh, uh, generic name for that would be Tidophil. Oh, Okay. So for those of you that are thinking of getting hard during the playoffs, that's you just go there, I guess. And I'm confused at why you know that so quickly off the top of your head. Well, I think it's sildenafil is the uh, generic name for Viagra. And then Tidafil is the generic name for Cialis. I don't know chemically the difference between the two. You know that though, uh, the sexual enhancement Pills okay. were actually right. originally I've got so many right. well, they were originally created to uh, uh, for blood pressure medication, like to thin blood. And then, as a side effect of it, people realized that it uh, made blood rush to a specific area of of your body, the crotchal region, to be specific. Got it. Anyways, um, via Twitter, Melissa Etheridge, huge Chiefs fan. Um, she made salmon nachos. That's not the meat of choice I would go with uh, for nachos. <laughs> I can't stand to watch the Bucks and Eagles game anymore, so I made salmon nachos. I don't know if it's a thing, but neither is this game. 31-0. Picks? Uh, there's a pick. It looks dynamite, but I just don't know if that would be my meat of choice on nachos. I would do chicken, steak, or ground beef, I think would be my... Too many beans on these nachos, too. A lot of beans. A lot of black beans on the nachos, but... Are you a bean guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. R- Grant? Yeah, I'm usually pro-bean. I'm more black bean than I am refried bean or uh, pinto bean, though. I'm I'm anti-bean. So you don't get beans in total? Chipotle? Yeah, man, I don't, on anything. Mm. I'm sorry. There's not one thing I consume that I prefer beans on. Hmm. Somebody's telling you how to pronounce that uh, enhancement. Tadafil. Tadafil? I always thought it was Tadafil. Tannehill. Tadafil. See, you were trying to like get me to move on, but clearly... Pam? Is it Pam? A lot of people want to talk about this. Tannehill, I think, is how you pronounce that. Something that uh, doesn't rise to the occasion. Ryan Tannehill. 
Um, speaking of somebody that does rise to the occasion is Travis Kelsey. And you, uh, Nick, did a little bit of research on this and why Travis Kelsey is not only one of the best tight ends in the last couple of years, but Travis Kelsey in general has been one of the best tight ends in the last several uh, decades when it comes to football because of his numbers. Well, the general theory here is it's just whether you want to talk about individual games, uh, individual moments within those games. When the Chiefs need a big play, when Patrick Mahomes needs a sure thing, he's looking 87's way. We see it on third down. We see it in the red zone. Like, that is his safety valve, and it's the best safety valve in the league. It, it was interesting when the Chiefs were sort of struggling offensively in the middle portion of the season, the way we sort of changed the conversation around Travis Kelsey, it wasn't that he wasn't being productive. It was that he wasn't being as productive as we've been used to him seeing, which is the most productive tight end in the NFL. Like the last two seasons going from 1200 yards, five touchdowns of 1400 yards, 11 touchdowns, like lofty expectations that we set for him. And he wasn't putting up those sorts of numbers until the last three games in which he went back to his old Travis Kelsey ways. 191 and two versus the Chargers, 25 and one versus Cincy, 34 and one. So four touchdowns in his last three games. Last year in the postseason, Travis Kelsey, <laughs> this is absurd. Eight catches for 109 and a touchdown versus Cleveland. 13 for 118 and two touchdowns versus Buffalo. 10 catches for 133 against Tampa Bay. He currently is eighth all time in postseason receptions with 83. He's 10 away from tying Reggie Wayne for third all time, which uh, he could get that by tonight. If not tonight, he will uh -huh. certainly, I would, I'd take the over on 10 receptions in the next two games for Travis Kelsey. Yeah. He is 16th all time in postseason receiving yards with 992. He could wind up top 10 by the end of these playoffs, depending how many games they play. He is currently ninth all time in postseason receiving touchdowns. One more. He'll be tied for fourth. Could be third with three more. So again, by the end of these po this postseason, if the Chiefs play two, three games, Travis Kelsey is going to be in that elite company of Reggie Wayne, Julian Edelman, excuse me, uh, Randy Moss, Re Reggie Wayne, Julian Edelman, the elite of the elite in terms of postseason receivers. That is what he is on the precipice of doing, and I don't know how much longer his peak is going to last. I like to say he's got a little bit of gas left in the tank based off the way he's playing right now. And I, it's just sort of underappreciated. Like I know that we talk, we, we know how great Kelsey is. He's a first ballot hall of famer, but uh, he's even better in the playoffs. And as much as we've kind of went back and forth on who is he, has he lost a step? Are we starting to see him age in front of our eyes? Like I'm excited to see this dude in the postseason because he has always, always shown up when the games mean the most. I thought he had kind of a, maybe not controversial, but like kind of a interesting thing that he had mentioned when he talked about it last year, that every year uh, is an unsuccessful season if you don't win the Super Bowl. And when Kelsey says that, you you look at why he means that, why he says that, because when you look at his numbers, like you had just mentioned, nine touchdowns in the playoffs, and he averaged last year a game 120 yards per game when it comes to receiving yards. That is something that is a surefire lock for Patrick Mahomes, for somebody who is one of the better quarterbacks in this league because they have one of the better tight ends. And I get it. There's a lot of people that like to argue, would Patrick Mahomes be who he is without Travis Kelsey? Well, the last time the Chiefs and Steelers didn't play, Kelsey didn't play, and, Tra and Patrick Mahomes had himself one hell of a game. 
This game, you would think, would get even more elevated because in this game, he is going to have 87 on the field. He's going to have that target. And I'm like you. I would almost put 10 receptions as the over-under tonight. Tonight? I think he would hit that because I think that that's what they're going to do because with Travis Kelsey being a full go, Tyreek Hill being a little banged up, where you can destroy the Pittsburgh Steelers is exactly like we just talked about, hitting the ball over the middle, getting Travis Kelsey involved. And there's one thing that we've started to see Travis Kelsey be, and that is now able to get a little bit more physical because we've seen in the past few games, he's getting pretty damn frustrated with the way that he's getting pulled and hit and not really able to do that, which then gives him the likability to go out there and become a little bit more physical himself. And one thing that I really enjoy seeing Travis Kelsey when the playoffs come into come into effect is that his receptions don't really go down the large, the longer they're doing this and the more they're playing three years ago in 18, 10 receptions last year, two years ago, 19 in 2020, 31. Those are big leaps when it comes to receptions in the playoffs. Now he's been targeted more and more every single season, but that just goes to show you that the chiefs know what works in the playoffs and what works in the playoffs is 15 connecting with 87. It is insane. The way that the, the, the way that defenses have sort of changed the way they defend him and defend the chiefs offense as a whole, they are mugging him at the line of scrimmage. They're putting two bodies. They're bracketing him. And for a while it was slowing down his production. And, and I really look back to that Raiders game as, as perhaps the game, or maybe it was even the Chargers game where you kind of said, they're they're figuring some stuff out here. Like, I, there was some growing pains trying to adjust to this new style of defense that the Chiefs just hadn't seen a ton of in prior years. And it's not Chiefs-specific. I think we're seeing it with a lot of the teams. We see it with the Bills. We see it with the Packers, with the Bucks. All of these teams that like to utilize an aerial attack have have seen a shift and we see it all the time. There's ebbs and flows with defense to offense and there's constantly a, a chess match going on where one team will hold the favor for a while. We saw a lot of offenses stagnate at some points in the season, but near the tail end, like all of the offenses that we thought were the best offenses in the league started to hit their strides. And I wonder if now we're just kind of getting back to what we expected to see, which is, all the best teams looking like all the best teams again. Because like we there, I, there was a moment I doubted the Bills. There was a moment I doubted the Bucks. There was a moment I doubted the, the Rams, the Cowboys. But now that the postseason's here, it's like back to where I was three months ago. It's like, yeah, all the teams I thought that were good at the beginning of the season, yeah, they still look like the best teams. Yeah, and I think the reason that they're the best teams is because they lean on their stars to support that theory. Like you look at... Yesterday in that Buffalo game, Josh Allen was the leader of that team, and he showed it perfectly why he was. You look at today's game for the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, that's where they're rolling, Rob Gronkowski, the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, all these guys have to become those players in this situation, in this time of the season, and that's what's going to move forward every single season and every single playoff season is that when these guys show up, these guys play the way they're supposed to play, they become this team, and that's how they that's how they continue to be successful is because they lean on their stars, like we mentioned with the defense, like we mentioned with Travis Kelsey. And I think with this game today, this is a game in which I think this team elevates its game a little bit more every single year because we talked about Mahomes earlier. We'll talk about Mahomes in a little bit, and when we come back, or do you want to call him now? Well, no, here's the deal. Okay. You know who loves Travis Kelsey? You know who loves football? Hmm. Cody Tapp. Okay. He is a midday host here at 610 Sports Radio. Another one of your family members. Yes, he is like more of a cousin. Okay. But like a cousin, I'm really cl- we're close in age, so we hang out a lot. And like after dinner, we go out back and smoke pot while the, 
The parents are drinking wine. Like, he's that sort of cousin. I think we give him a call and see what he has to say about Travis Kelsey. I want to get him on the record on a few things. When we come back, or you want to call Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's take a quick break, and let's call one Cody Bancroft Tap. Bancroft? That's his middle name? Bancroft, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Don't you think he should be like an oil baron with a name like that? No. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 